Welcome to Unsilent with your hosts, Dave and Brian. This is not another current events podcast. We're digging deeper, diagnosing, and discussing what's really going on today, how we got here, and providing observations for future generations. Welcome to Unsilent. We're Brian and Dave. We're hoping you'll let us know where you think we got it right and where we completely missed the point, which you can do by visiting us at unsilentpodcast.com. So let's get into it. What shall we, uh, what shall we contemplate and pontificate on today, Brian? Well, today I think we, we have no choice but to get into the cyclical nature of these things, kind of what people will learn as they listen for you and I. I, I suspect this is going to be a, a significant part of the, like the underlying uh, philosophical or historical context that you and I kind of will be talking throughout is sure. the cyclical nature of this. But first, I want to point something out that I think matters. And again, in the historical context for people listening 60 or 80 years from now and for people listening today, this matters. This is not a, this is not a, I told you so moment. If it comes across that way, Dave, please slap me back into place. <laughs> I don't want it to come across like that, but I think it's important to point this out. So as we're recording, Hamas has just, you know, launched their thing into Israel. Like this is the worst, um, worst thing that the Israel has faced since world war two, as far yes. as like death count and things like that. So yep. um, this show is not about topical events. It's about the mood and like the, 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 the societal fabric, if you will. And I don't want to get too like fancy with the words, but I think this matters to point out right now. One of the things you and I have talked about is how we both don't support this notion that speech should be silenced, especially speech that we don't like, because that's by definition, hate speech is anything I don't like. Right. Sure. Right. I think it's important to, to point out in this moment, after this, this attack has happened on Israel, there are a number of groups um, in all kinds of different geographic areas, um, whether it be education or other institutions, like coming out of the woodwork and like fully supporting this and saying things like, and I quote, gas the Jews in mass, yeah. like crowds yeah. of people chanting gas the Jews, not gas the Israelis, gas the Jews. I think that's right. a critical distinction. Scary. And, and uh, whether it be places like Harvard where they have this list of groups that have come out in support of this activity. Um, whatever there, there's plenty of places where people are supporting what I would con consider to be like the, the, maybe the worst possible behavior we will see from humans yeah. in, in my lifetime so far. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, 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 in, a, in a way that's like videotaped and promoted by the people doing it. That, it's not like the, the war atrocities were, People in Vietnam and other wars, of course, did horrific things. But when sure. they were caught, they were ashamed. They were ashamed and they yes. were punished. Like this is right. these are horrific things being promoted. Yes. My point is, even though I vehemently dis dis disagree with all the things those people are saying, I am yeah. grateful that they're being they're outing themselves. Like, yes, I don't. I still don't understand the thought of like silencing these people because that wouldn't change their heart. It wouldn't change their right. their perspective. It would just change how easy it is to find these people. And so I think it's important to understand that, that you and I are not hypocrites about this. Like we don't right. say that other people should allow free speech, but we don't really mean it. You and I really do mean this. And, right. and it's never been more evident to me than now that I can't imagine saying more grotesque things than these people are saying. Yeah. And I still don't want them to shut up 
I'm glad I know where they're at. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, you know, if the, and the problem is that if you silence that kind of speech, uh, which I think is abhorrent, but I'm, I'm, I like you, I think they, uh, I'm, I'm glad from the standpoint of them airing what they, what they see and what they think. I'm glad they're doing that so that I know that it's there. And I know yeah. that, you know, I mean, there's, there, as, as we begin to talk about the cyclical, cyclical nature of humanity and the fact that with humanity, there, um, there are certain, uh, underlying things that don't change. And so we have not actually moved on from the kind of abhorrent, uh, things that people said and did, uh, during the 1930s in Germany or their supporters in the United States. I, I was reading an article earlier today about, uh, parallels uh, or maybe not parallels, but about how in the 1930s there was a larger group of people in the U.S. that supported the Nazi movement uh, before World War II than most Americans would be, you know, happy yeah. to know about. Now, at least yeah. today, we have the internet, so we know there's people out there that are saying these things. That I mean, the 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 part of me that is um, that is hopeful hopes that these are just uh, in, you know, uh, dumb college kids, stupid people saying stupid things because they really yeah. don't know what they're saying. Now, I'm, I'm sure that's, I'm sure there are, there are a number of people that actually believe this, yeah. this notion. And this notion is a notion that has existed, uh, throughout history. There's always been people who have, whether overtly or covertly, wished for the painful death of their enemies. And, yeah. uh, and yes, it's good that we know where they're at. Good we know yeah. where to avoid them. Yeah. I, I just I again I don't want to like gloat and like, hey, look at how how morally superior I am. I, I don't want but I think it's important to to point out that we we you and I don't mean this when it's convenient. We mean right. this period. Right. Uh, I well, think, I think and, it, it, and I think it is with, with speech, it, it is also important when you know it's there, then you have the ability to formulate an argument and to say in your argument, for instance, why, you know, the, the, the uh, position that is, no, it's bad to gas people is, is yeah. a morally superior position, is a morally right yeah. position compared <laughs> with people that are morally abhorrent. And so, you yeah. know, if, if we didn't know, if, you know, if, if you and I blithely go along in life and think that everybody has evolved mentalities and we have, and, and we're, and we're just all good people now. And, and boy, I'm glad we've moved beyond such concepts as war and hatred and this kind of thing. Uh, we wouldn't know until it actually popped up. So, uh, thank God for the internet and the fact that we can see people doing stupid yeah. things. Yeah. Thank God for the internet. Thank God for video. Thank God for, for people having cameras on their phones. Exactly. Uh, stuff, stuff that these things have been, and have been proven to be fantastic spotlights. And I'm grateful for that. Exactly uh, okay, right. So on our, on our topic, the cyclical nature of these things. Now, I don't think anyone could, could reach the age of 15 or 20 without hearing things like history repeats itself and history yes. doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And, like all these kinds of sayings that we grew up with that basically tell us that we have to learn these lessons over and over again. And they don't ever make sense until all of a sudden they do. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> it always seems like it's complete nonsense until one day you wake up and you go, Oh, it wasn't complete nonsense. Right. I, we, we do in, in big things and small things. One of the things that got you and I talking way before we even dreamed of doing this, this podcast was this, this cyclical nature. You're much better at this than I am, of course. So just give people, your understanding 
of the fourth turning specifically pendulum. Sure. Those, those are two books that you and I kind of um, started reading a few years yep. ago and just kind of the, the theory or the hypothesis, whatever it is behind sure. those things. So basically the idea, and it, and it's a, it's not a new idea. It's actually like anything we're talking about. It's a repeating idea. Uh, yeah. it, it's an idea that has existed throughout human history. And there's a lot of uh, commentary uh, by uh, scholars and thinkers of old and scholars and thinkers of late. And the idea is basically that societies go through, you might even call them moods, uh, phases, if you will. And, and an, an entire uh, phase is essentially the four generations of a long human life. Now, a long human life, you can, you know, uh, think of in terms of like the first 20 years, you've got the sort of the childhood phase and you've got the, yep. the young adult phase, 20 to 40, 40 to 60, you got middle age and then 60 to whenever you die, 80 probably ish, yep. you know, life expectancy is, is that last phase. And throughout each of these four in, in the book that we're talking about, uh, by Strauss and Howe, the fourth training, which was what, 1996, I think it was. Uh, yep. and then, um, and and then Howe is still alive, so he's doing it. Uh, and there's been a number of books on this topic. Uh, they talk about these generations, the uh, each 20-year generation. And, and we typically think when we talk in, in, in modern times about something that hasn't happened in a generation, we typically think of, you know, 20-ish years. So if you so – over quick to clarify, yeah. when you're talking about the generations in, an, in a person's 80-ish year life, four generations would be born in that person's 80-year life. A generation when they're 0 to 20, a different generation when they're 20 to 40, etc. Right. So when you're talking generations, you don't mean their generations, you mean the generations that are born in that person's lifetime. Uh, essentially, and they're, yeah, essentially they're, yes, exactly. And, and we think about these things in our own time as we talk about the millennial generation, we talk yep. about the baby boomer generation, we talk yep. about the Gen Xers, et cetera, et cetera. And when you and I have been talking about future generations, we've, uh, throughout the podcast today, we've been talking about a future generation being uh, somebody we call Kenny G. Now, I don't know if they'll end up adopting that terminology in the future, but who yeah. knows? Maybe we'll start something. Right. We'll see. Maybe we'll start uh, something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And to clarify, Neil, how that you're referencing one of the authors of the fourth turning, uh, he coined the term millennial like that. So he's not yeah. some, he's not some nutcase who we, you and I right. just like stumbled upon. Like he's a, he's a demographer, an economist, a historian, like his bona fides are not really in, in, up for debate. Absolutely. And he's, he's incredibly learned. He's incredibly well uh, spoken. I, I won't say that there's absolutely everything that he says that I'll subscribe to a hundred percent, but there, there's nobody like that. There's, you know, I don't subscribe to something I said last week, a hundred percent. So there you go. You know, hundred <laughs> percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's so basically is, is that, that um, the, the generations uh, as they're born, and as they rise to power, they make decisions differently. So, yes. for example, Gen X, they're, the way that they were shaped as, quote unquote, latchkey kids, they have different priorities and different factors that they use to make decisions and different uh, drivers, different um, values. You know, Gen Xers, are, for example, just a quick example are typically going to value independence more than a millennial. A millennial would value community more. Well, right. as those people age and ascend into roles where they have um, influence and power and like governance and things like that, um, they're shaped by history and they're shaped by their their um, the nature that they're born into. You know, the nature nurture thing. 
Uh, they're shaped by the circumstances they're born into. And then they shape history and how they make decisions. Right. And the theory is every 80-ish years, we end up with the same, they call it a constellation of these generation, these generational archetypes. There's four. Right. That always come in the same order. And in, in the mood, societal mood shifts accordingly in very predictable and cyclical ways. So, for right. example, um, if we look at the moment we're in now, we're, we're kind of um, facing the winter, so to speak, of, yeah. the, of the cycle. And if you went back 80 years from now, you would have found us right in the middle of World War II and the Great Depression. And if you yep. went 80 years-ish before that, you would have found us right in the throes of the Civil War. If you went back 80 years-ish before that, it's the Revolutionary War. And about 90 years-ish before that, I think was Bacon's Revolu uh, Rebellion and the Salem Witch Trials where the term witch hunt was like literally coined. Yep, exactly. In that it was the same moment in the cycle we're in now, which is why we are talking to Kenny G. We're trying to catch him 15 years before he finds himself in the next thing 80 years from now, which would be around the year 2100. Right. We're trying to warn Kenny G. It may feel like things are sunshine and unicorns right now, but we're telling you from our experience when we thought our species and our society had evolved so much. So in 2008, that things were going to be sunshine and unicorns for us. We find ourselves now in, in the throes of pretty, pretty nasty things that none of us would have. Well, for me, I would not have believed I would be finding myself in a situation like we're in. Exactly. And that's really, I think one of the benefits, you know, you, you think about this, okay, well, why are these guys talking about these generations and cycles of history and all this stuff? And, you know, it's not an academic exercise. It's really an exercise in understanding how the times can change and how you can respond yep. to the changing times. The The most important uh, skill set that any human or any society has is the ability to predict the future. It's also very, right. very difficult because we typically miss the big events. I mean, uh, yeah. in our own time, you know, who predicted the 2008 bust in the in right. the roaring 20s, who predicted the Great Depression? All these things tend to come at us. But if we can understand, and in, in, in the ancients, in ancient times, they used to think in these sort of four uh, quadrants as well. You know, we and yeah. we think of these things even with with. Uh, spring summer winter and fall fall and winter yeah we think of these things as as parts of nature and and really this idea if you understand history if we look at history this way we can understand it with the same sort of predictability that we predict spring summer fall and winter so we don't know yeah. it's it's not exactly 20 years it could be 19 years it could be 22 years yep. you know how long is a long human life well Current life expectancy is a little bit more than it used to be, so maybe these these four essential generations of of time will change over time because it's really it's about our own living memory, right? It's about society's yep. living memory, and society doesn't have living memory, for instance, of the Civil War. We don't have most of us today. There's very few people today that are alive that have living memory of World War II. We read about it in books, etc., and so this gets back to that idea of people being not destined in some kind of, you know, mythological way, but we're, we're essentially destined to repeat these human patterns over and over and over. And, you know, some of, some of these books that you and I've read, one of the things that's fascinating about it 
is they've done fantastic jobs. I, I consider myself a history buff, but they've done fantastic jobs of, of taking this lens of these generations and what you call an entire, an entire four generations. They call a seculum. A, it's an age, yeah. if you will, uh, and overlaying that across thousands of years and the remarkable uh, consistency with yes. which these things play out over and over and over. The wheel turns, the the, yeah. the age-long cycle turns. It's just fascinating. So, so you and I will not, I mean, people, I would recommend you read The Fourth Turning, and there's a new one that says, it's called The Fourth Turning is Here that he yeah. released in July of this year, 2023, that like, okay, we're here in the, in the midst of it. They pre- And the thing I want to stress, a couple things. One is they don't predict events. Right. They predict behaviors. They predict moods. Right. Uh, That's critical. Like you said, how long the period lasts, it might be 19 years. It might be 23. It's just like winter. How long does winter last? Well, it depends. Some winters are longer than others. Okay. Um, Really critical that people don't say, oh, they're trying to like, they predicted the pandemic. No, they didn't predict the pandemic. But they did say things like a pandemic or a war or a depression or an economic collapse. These things are handled differently depending on the mood and basically who's in charge, which generation right. is in charge. They make decisions differently. They have different values and drivers. Um, so I think it's important that people don't get like locked on, like we're not trying to predict events. That's not what right. this is about. No. And the second thing is there's, there's, there's kind of the summer and winter, and then there's kind of the fall and the spring. And the, yeah. and, and in uh, like the 60s, 1960s, we had kind of a spiritual awakening. Well, that happens about every 80 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, we have the cataclysmic event, World War II, the Civil War, the Revolutionary War. Everybody loves each other for 20 years. And then there's a <laughs> spiritual awakening. Right. And then that generation comes to power slowly over the next 50 or 60 years. And uh, they're great at ideology, but they're not great at execution, maybe, or whatever. Right. They're just, they're just what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are, are played out in our society. And, and so there's this, there's this kind of spiritual thing that happens and then kind of opposite of that or a little, little on a different time frame, is as, as uh, these institutions are built up after the cataclysmic event, again, World War II is the last one, um, all these great institutions were put in place. Well, over the next 80-ish years, those institutions become corrupted and bastardized and band-aided and, and they just become ineffective. Right. And they're so ineffective and they're so band-aided and so corrupted and dysfunctional that in many cases, they just have to be destroyed and rebuilt. And rebuilt, And yes. so for a person living in this moment, for me, I can't think of a single institution that doesn't feel broken, whether it's right. education, media, uh, all kinds of, of aspects of the government, um, the legal system, like it, yeah. name an institution and it just feels broken. Right. Um, where I never really felt that until, you know, 10 years ago or, or eight right. years ago or whatever. Right. Um, and that's the part that I would not have predicted in 2008. I could have read that book that was written in 1997, the fourth turning. And I would have said, these guys have lost their minds. And then all of a sudden in, in you know, 2017, I would have went, wait a second. I remember right. reading something about this. Right. The other thing is like I, I just before we jumped on here, I did a quick search. I don't do a ton of research, but I did a quick search of the worst presidents ever <laughs> ranked by whatever the pundits are. And it's interesting right. to note that two of the top five were the, the presidents immediately preceding the Civil War. Right. Franklin Pierce and James Buchanan. James yep. Buchanan across the board is like the worst president ever, according to everyone. Yep. Because he allowed the Civil War to happen. He would right. not act on the slavery issue. And then the second group is 
uh, Warren G. Harding, no relation, by the way, mm-hmm. and Herbert <laughs> Hoover in the 20s leading up to the Great Depression and World War II. Right. So so these these um, people find themselves in situations where their li- later re- history does not reflect uh, well upon them. Warren G. Harding, right. when I grew up, um, was known as the most corrupt presidency in U.S. history. And, you know, as, as years have gone on, some people are now saying that maybe he didn't know that much. I think it, I don't think it's an accident to look at our current occupant of the White House. Yeah. And, and we hear at least strong theories of, of significant levels of corruption. Yeah. And, and then you go back to um, the pre-revolutionary uh, war days. Yeah. The taxation without representation and that the corruption, like they were just taking people's money and not representing them and not addressing their needs. And this cyclical nature is just so apparent now living in this moment in a way that was not 10 years ago for me, at least. Well, and it's fascinating. So then that brings you to the question of why did we get a Hardy? Why did we get a Buchanan? Why did we get these various ones at these various times? And yeah. the why did we get in in our age, Joe Biden? Why, why did these people come at the the right time and that is because you know if you if you take a look at the the overall generational theory it's that society's moving in a certain direction and because society's moving in a certain direction a certain type of person or a certain type of institution or a certain type of of thing will happen no we can't predict yeah. who the person is what the specific thing that will happen is but we can see that everything becomes ripe for this kind of thing to happen and this is where yeah. that sort of predictive uh we, we can't predict events but we can predict uh, trends and patterns and see those patterns yeah. throughout history and that's really you know when you and i were first talking about doing this podcast we talked about well how can we how can we help the future? We're, we're probably not going to be there for it. And so right. what, can, what can we do about it? Well, one of the things, if we can, in this day and age, with, with the technology we've got right now, if we can uh, give some hint of here's how this stuff is actually playing out before our eyes right now yeah. and what we consider the fourth turning, uh, then in the future – in perhaps the third turning of the next saculum, uh, they can say, hey, it looks like we're in this very sort of selfish phase and this could lead to this next sort of disaster crisis phase. You, you, you can see this coming and you could perhaps mitigate some of yeah. the – I don't think you can – Human nature is, you know, we've been dealing with the same things in human nature for thousands upon thousands of years. We're not going to right. mitigate human nature. But what perhaps we can do is soften the blow of some of these things that have repeated themselves over and over again. Yeah, I think I think that what we would be asking of humanity on that scale is to collectively accept our own failures on a scale that's unimaginable. It just yeah. doesn't feel possible that, that no. collectively people would all say, yeah, we're a bunch of dopes. We're going to learn from people who <laughs> lived 80, 160, 240 years ago. Uh, I, that seems like a pretty heavy lift in my opinion. Yeah, that, that's a big ass. At that level of humility. Right. Um, so a couple things I think um, uh, matter for the historical context. Again, we're, this, this is not going to be a podcast about the four turning like Neil Howe has done. He does his own podcast. Is he's, he's got way more – and he has, you know, he has the goods. You and I are yep. paraphrasing, paraphrasing. That's Absolutely. Not, that's not, um, these, these times of crisis, the crisis always comes down to one singular issue. Yes. So you and I have talked about so far in these first dozen episodes or so, we've picked a number of different things that we're kind of arguing about. Right. Eventually, it, histo- history tells us that it'll, it'll come down to one issue. So 
Uh, it was the Nazi issue, you know, in, in World War II. It was, are we one country or two countries in the Civil War? Right. Are we allowing slavery or not? That was a singular issue. Right. Are we going to be our own country? Or are we going to stay loyal to England? That was the singular issue in the Revolutionary War. We don't know yet what our our singular issue is going right. to be. We get a bunch of a bunch of good front runners. <laughs> oh yeah, no we've talked about a bunch of them already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked about a bunch, and we have another twenty or so that we haven't even gotten to. So, yep. um, but it always comes down to one singular issue, and it it is it has historically been a horrific period of time. Now, yeah, um, I don't want to be doomsday, but we also can't be like ignorant and ignore what's what's being like plainly played out in front of us like you right. can see this coming you don't have to go back very far to the 1930s in germany and see things that very much parallel the 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 conversation you know i had when we very first opened this thing about the attacks yeah. on israel like like if you can't see the parallels there I, this is not the podcast for yeah you, for sure. sure so uh historically your ugly things happen that are that are unimaginable but we emerge yes and we emerge rebuilt and rejuvenated and the the way i heard neil Howe explain this the best so far is he likened it to a divorce of a very toxic marriage and he basically says something along the lines like when you come out of that you'll say it was the best thing that could have happened to me and somebody said would you want to do it again you would say absolutely not hell no i don't want <laughs> right. to do that again right like it was absolutely miserable but the alternative was so much worse. It was the best thing that could have happened. Right. And that has a, that, that, that gives it a context that I don't, I don't, I'm not excited about, but <laughs> it makes sense to me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, the alternative is we continue just admired in this, this world we're in where nobody can agree with anything. And the, we have to have a resolution and it's yeah. going to be not very fun, but we will come out of it and we will all have shared values. Again, I've said numerous times throughout this podcast, I feel like this is a, a war of values more than yeah. tax codes and things yeah. like that. We'll get that part resolved. Right. Well, in, in the way, you know, some, some parallels, some analogies we might think about, um, you can think about it to, in some cases, like a forest fire. You know, a forest fire is terribly devastating, but the forest yep. fire ultimately is good for the long-term life of the forest. Now, uh, during the forest fire, a lot of trees die and a lot of bad things happen, but yeah. the stronger trees emerge. So yeah. um, that could be, you know, another example of that. There's a, there's a quote that, that you've heard, that we've, we've all heard, um, that sort of encapsulates this, these four um, the, the, this four cycle and it's, and it was, uh, uh, goes like this hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men and weak men create hard times. So there's 100%. that cyclical, uh, thing yep. that happens there. That's a natural progression of, of really it's, it's a natural progression of nature. So you, when you get into the winter time, what happens? A lots of stuff die, but the, yeah. the death of lots of stuff during the winter time leads to the regenerative life in the springtime. So in, in a lot of ways, it's, it, it's a, it's a well-designed system because uh, the nature, however you want to put this uh, does not let us get so, uh, completely uh, dysfunctional that there's no return. At least it hasn't so far in, you know, yeah. 10,000 years of recorded history, but there's, there's a natural reset mechanism in human yep. nature that allows us to reset at great cost at great, you know, the, the last three turnings of the, you know, the, I, I don't know if it was how or who it was, but there was, 
uh, one of the historians talked about the three republics of of America. Yeah. That the first yeah. republic was the Revolutionary Republic. The second republic was the uh, the post Civil War republic. The third republic was the the uh, post World War II republic. And now you know we're in the fourth republic, and and that's the 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 end yeah. that restarts or the next that will restart the next republic after after yeah. this one's done at at great and each one of those became um became active at the cost of millions of lives in some cases i mean the civil war was the most brutally devastating war that america's ever been in 600,000 uh, americans yeah. killing each other so the you know when when you read some of these books that talk about uh, the history of it, it seems like these these resets or these these crisis generations usually end up being something that is going to uh, be paid for in a tremendous amount of blood, in a tremendous amount of pain. Uh, you know, in in the fourth turning book, the uh, one of the things that that um, how talks a lot about is <clears throat> will it be a new civil war or will it be a world war? <laughs> Oh my word! Yeah, that's light reading, huh? <laughs> you know, yeah. and they're well, possible. And, and, this, and and I just did a quick search: six hundred thousand people in a population of thirty-one and a half million. Right, right, yeah, exactly. You know, if, you, if you did the math on extrapolated that, it would be the equivalent of six million people dying today. Yeah, exactly. And and, and yeah, and the other thing, like uh, again, not to get like doom and gloom, I, I I I do think that there's the the emergence that I hope you and I will be able to spend more time on as we, as we work through this, but I think it's important to document what this feels like. And that's very much part of my goal with this whole yeah. podcast and why we keep saying, tell us where we get it wrong, because we want to explain to people as we look back on this 40 years from now, 50 years from now, six years from now, what this moment felt like. So you may not agree with us on our our specific political ideology. Got it. Yeah. We don't need to argue that. Um, what we what we do want to hear from you is is where we're not describing the mood correctly, and there's a couple examples we'll get into here in a minute. Um, again, not get all doom and gloom, but I think the thing that kind of always stands out in my mind is Abraham Lincoln did not have access to nuclear weapons. Right, <laughs> he he may have used them um, yeah. then, uh, and it, we may, if they were accessible, like it, it, it may may have been way more than six hundred thousand people. We yeah. now have, uh, as always happens, we have ever so more sophisticated and and um the the scale in which weapons you know just wipe out people right. is like it exponentially grows all the time um it's always going to be bigger than the last one just yeah. by by the evolution of technology it's always going to be the biggest one yet yep. and and that is super frightening um and part of the things that people may not have picked up on as you and I are talking when we say things like if guys like me and Dave are not around because if we lose this, if it does come down to a singular issue and our side loses, like people right. are going to look at us and say, these were a bunch of adults and we're glad they, they, we, they're gone because right. the, the victors always get to write history. That's right. right. Um, so part of what we're trying to do is explain, hopefully, Dave and I weren't bad guys. If our side <laughs> loses, we do have good hearts and consciences and we do have, you know, uh, opinions that may not be uh, – uh, appreciated in the year 2080 by by Kenny G or whatever, but um, hopefully people will not think that we were just like cavemen either, and like had no ability to think, you know, besides our <laughs> fire good kind of a right. thing, you know. <laughs> well, and you know, if uh, the, one of the reasons that I have hope too is because if you look at the last three, uh, the three American republics, the three American turnings that we've been through, um, 
or saculums that we've been through, um, each one of them resulted in a slightly better world in terms of, yeah. you know, what I would call objective morality. So the, 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 the first one, the, the lessening of power of the, of the English monarch and generally monarchs, monarchies from there on out, uh, were, well, I mean, before that, but they were, they were declining in power. So a vesting of power in a single person rather than in the people itself became something that America became symbolic of. And so that advanced at great cost in terms of lives, yeah. et cetera. Uh, same thing's true. The, we were the second of the major powers to abolish slavery. England was to their credit yep. the first one with William Wilberforce in, in the early 1800s. Uh, so out of that, again, paid a great cost came what we would say today, uh, according to our morality is, is, yeah. uh, is better, is a more moral world out of that. 100%. And then yeah. of course the, the third one, um, the, is, is again, the, the vanquishing of a, of a, you know, a dictatorial, a brutal philosophy, um, whether it was imposed by Mussolini or Hitler or or uh, the Japanese Empire, um, brutal philosophies and the prevalence of philosophies that are more towards the towards uh, individualism and community, et cetera. So in each one of these cases, the, the, the large arc of history has been what we would consider in, in our in our modern morality a, a positive thing. So uh, you and I yeah. have talked various times in the past about our moods about what we're going through and, you know, are you optimistic, yeah. Dave? Are you pessimistic? And it depends on the day you catch me, right? But yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know, but in general, as I, as I try to think about that objectively and I look about the, at the long arc of history, the momentum of history is towards a better world. Now, it doesn't happen as quickly as I would like. It doesn't happen as right. as universally as I would like. Slavery is still practiced uh, across the planet in lots of different places. Uh, you know, murderous brutality, you know, regimes such as we're watching in the Middle East right now uh, are, are still uh, very powerful, too powerful. So these things still exist, but the broad arc of history is generally positive. So I think I, I'm not too concerned that Kenny G is going to be uh, thinking uh, thinking poorly yeah. of us, but you know we'll see. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I think and I think that um, one of the, one of the mistakes I think we all make, and I, when I say we all, I mean I'm including myself, is is getting wrapped up in the currently it's left versus right, right, yeah. and the belief that it's always the left that's right or it's always the right that's correct. That's not true. Right. And what I think we're learning is. In World War II, um, it was you know the fascists that that wanted power, and it, it came to a head because that before that, and of course in in U.S. history it was you know slavery. They wanted power. If you look at how we colonized, quote unquote, colonized the Americas, and and native people were displaced, and and I think the mistake that people make is is believing it's left versus right, good versus Correct. evil, versus. People are just looking for the angle that gives them power. Right, right. <laughs> and whatever the angle du jour is or whatever the angle of this cyclum that works is or this 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 cycle we're in, whatever gets us there is what people care about. I'm, I'm coming to believe it's not the – now, I say that also having belief in Judeo-Christian values yes. and, and, and per, you know, personally – Believing that that is the 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 right path. Yes, and I, you and I talked before we started recording today. You know, one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was I, I it just struck me and always 
how could you be the person who lived two miles from Auschwitz during World War II and yeah. not say anything? Right. And as I mentioned before we started recording, I'm I'm learning a new level of grace for those people because in this moment, I I feel like I have a I'm smarter than the average bear. I feel like I'm I've I have a a good uh, understanding of my values. I, I feel like I put a reasonable amount of effort into finding out what the truth is. Mm-hmm. And it's hard as hell to figure out what, what is really going on. <laughs> there's there's an angle to everything. You sure. can't really trust in the information. And the consequences of speaking up and being wrong are are life-altering. Sure. You, when we talk about you get canceled, like you cannot have an income if you say the wrong thing at the wrong time in the wrong context. And if you react it to something, you could react and 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 feel like you're right and find out you were really led down a wrong path and yeah interestingly watching people to, as of even today like on twitter and facebook have to say things like holy smokes maybe those folks were right were 3 years ago they had changed their profile picture to match the the flavor of the day and whatever and and watching some folks kind of have these epiphanies other folks terrified to speak and just like look down and don't say anything other folks feeling free to finally say gas the jews and like yeah. i'm free to finally say like all these things happening at once it's this soup of just stuff happening it's like i'm starting to like have an understanding for how you could be that person who lived two miles from auschwitz and just like take care of my family put your head down shut up don't move hopefully people just walk by and you see i think this is what's important about getting clarification and solidification to basic unchanging truths and unchanging philosophical facts and realities. And it's also what's good about understanding human nature because the, the places you can go wrong, I think uh, that any of us can go wrong is are in some of the situational details of this or that or the other thing. But when you, when you, Take when you when you then move back and say and this this is why I also think that a lot of what we argue about today, a lot of these details that we argue about on the daily news cycle today, are going to just kind of melt away into some. And this is you know a general prediction uh, will will melt away when a a grand crisis of existential yeah. proportion comes i think there there's probably in the civil war era there were probably lot, in fact i know there were lots of things that they argued about that all of a sudden nobody even talked about uh when the civil war itself came and the yeah. same thing's true with you know uh the the the, the colonists in in the the pre-revolutionary time were a bunch of rabble rousers. I mean, they argued yeah. about stuff. But, you know, when you had the British troops show up, that tended to clarify your values like survive as a country. And I think that's going to yeah. happen in the future. And I also think that's where today it's easy to get so caught up in these. And this is like when you and I were first talking about the podcast, <clears throat> Do we really need another person to be out there talking about the latest outrage in the news today that yeah. a year from now somebody could bring up and say, oh, yeah, I remember I was I was ticked off about that, but I can't remember exactly what yeah. it was, you know? Yeah, I was really bad about to, that. I couldn't tell you what happened. Yeah, yeah it was – it was, and, and that happens periodically. Somebody will bring something up or I'll, I'll read something from the past and I'm like, yeah, that was something I was really excited about. Uh, but I don't rem- really remember why, you know. Yeah. But then, if you, but if we connect to certain principles, it's like if we take a look at, at you know, not to get too much in the news cycle, but take a look at what's happening in the Middle East. There are certain things that are always 
a hundred percent evil and you know chopping off babies' yeah. heads. You know, not to be too gross, yeah. but it's the news cycle. Yep. Um, That's what's happening. Yeah. That is a hundred percent evil all the time. Whoever does it is is yeah. performing. That. So if if we break it down to principles instead of well, yeah, but they did this first to me, and therefore I'm mad, and therefore I did this to them, and so you know you can get this in this endless thing that you're talking about, and and never really get anywhere. Yeah, and that's that's where I come back to. Like I was just saying, I understand how people can get in the mode where they just put their head down and like look down, don't look up, don't look, don't make eye contact. Right. Hopefully, things will pass you by. And simultaneously, I am astounded at how people don't have the balls to point out obvious evil. Yeah, exactly. And and those things are happening simultaneously, which is part of the confusion. Not 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 just for me, but like, where do we go? What do we do? Like. Like you could find yourself arguing all day long about trivial things that don't yeah. matter and you just get burned. You just get tired and you're just like, yeah. gosh, I just don't have energy for this. And I have to find time to like love my kids and play catch with my kid and like, you know, hold my grandchild and kiss my wife. And I can't, I can't be in that mood all the time. On the other hand, we seem to, we, it seems like we neglect the things that matter and don't have the guts or grit or courage to call out the obvious things that are yeah. real atrocities. We have tons of energy to quibble about the things that aren't going to matter in seven months. Right. Well, and I think that also comes down to whether or not we've paid attention to what we really believe is is at the core of things. It comes down to do do we have do do most people have a coherent life philosophy? Like, here's what I'm willing to die for. Here, you know, I mean, most people you don't yeah. most people don't spend Saturdays. They spend them. They're gonna mow my lawn. I'm gonna you know fix up the house. Whatever you don't think. Well, what am yeah. I willing to die for? You know, it's it's just not the kind right. of thing that you know we we tend not to have these these heavy. Uh, thoughts and discussions until they stare us in the face. You know, do we, do we really think oh, yeah. about, you know, maybe sometime we'll have a, a podcast about death, you know, something that wh- right. what does every person on the planet have in common right now? We're all dying. Right? Every last one of yeah. us. So, but is it something that, Hey Brian, how's it going? What do you think about death today? Well, you know, no, it's, yeah. we don't, we don't we have these conversations uh, because they're hard conversations. Just like we don't have hard conversations about, well, Hey, you know, these, there, there's a group in the middle East that wants to genocide another group. What do you think about? It? Well, it's not polite conversation for a, for a, no, a and, party. And, and frankly, um, I think there's two other things that are at play there. One is the nimbyism that we've talked about. Like yes. if it's not in my backyard, I don't really care. And the second thing is, you know, just reading through, you know, the Twitter feed and there's no shortage of people to tell, tell us what's wrong. Yeah. There's a tremendous shortage of people to tell us how to fix it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) These things are not, there's the solutions are not easy. Uh, If they're even apparent and in many cases they're not apparent and it it would take a significant amount of effort and again, humility on a scale that seems yeah. like pretty unlikely. Um, and so we just kind of kick the can down the road until one day you can't kick the can down the road anymore because the can's on fire and it's in your living room, and the curtains right. are on fire and you got to act right now. And that's, that's yeah. a very American thing to do. Well, it is. It, it's, <laughs> it's the only, it's the, it's a, a, the point of clarification because to a yeah. great extent uh, like if you take and, and i love to argue i just it's fun to me it's a, yeah it's a, it's a it's a you know it's a party game um but you know <laughs> when, when you think about um when, when you think about 
why we do these things typically, and this is, again, I think particularly in American, you know, we're still the colonists, we're still rabble rousers yeah. like we, we have been for 250 years. There's this idea of we just want to compete with each other. We want to compete in business. We want to compete yeah. in politics. It's like, well, I want my side to win. And if my side wins, do I have a do I have a solution now that is going to be brought forth? No, but I won. So that's no, really all that's important. And I think there's, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I've often thought just to, to take the Middle East as, a, as an example, uh, if if everybody all of a sudden got amnesia and they everybody just woke up. Now this is utopian garbage that I don't believe, but it's it it's, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's, yeah, it can't happen. But would 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 everybody would there be would there be more of a, a willingness to get along with one's neighbors? Probably for a while. I mean, eventually, probably the human nature of it would all come back. Like, yeah. Well, you're stepping on your your dog pooped on my lawn, so yeah. now you know. My, when you said that, my first thought was yes. And what is the over under on how many months or years I could possibly <laughs> exactly. use like that? Yes, exactly. That, that well, and see again back to our to our topic for the day. But that's that's again. Because human nature works the way it works, yeah. we have these cycles. We have these, yeah. you know, strong men create good times and good times create weak men. Yeah. You know, we that's just how human nature works. And I think if we yeah. can do a service for anybody in the future or today, if we can illuminate uh, to the extent that our limited abilities allow how human nature really works, then, yep. you know, it, it seems to me that to be a successful navigator of this life, we have to know how nature works how the world works, how the material world works. We have to know how human nature works and how these things interact yeah. with one another. And I think that's the, the pragmatic side for you and I specifically, just us two individuals, that you know, all these utopian ideas that you and I just think are just foolish, honestly, yeah. they all sound fantastic right up until you introduce human nature. Right. <laughs> they work <laughs> great without humans. Yeah, they, were, they work wonderfully <laughs> until humans are not involved. They work fantastic yes. until you say, okay, well, that work, will that work with your Uncle Joe at Christmas over dinner? No? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it's not going to work in, in a grand scale of 340 million people either. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and there, therein lies the problem. Well, and there, there's the appeal to it because it's like we have all these problems, you know, and, uh, to each according to his need, from each according to his ability. Yeah. Works great until you consider that human beings are essentially greedy and selfish and yeah. lazy. So Right. It works fantastic, right? Until you say, well, would that work in your family with right. the seven people you know? No. Right. No, I'm okay, sorry. How about your neighbor? No. Yeah. How much yeah. people across, like the town next town over? No, but but uh, 340 million people, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. We can implement it globally, just not in a small group. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't do it in my little town. But. All right, Dave. Well, um, uh, for those of you listening, this is, this is going to be uh, not a, a topic every time, but uh, I think it's just important to understand like that the, this is kind of a, a foundational concept that Dave yeah. and I believe in that will kind of undergird many of our conversations is just this cyclical nature and things. This is this is the, the moment in time we're in. This is the season we're in and more of a grand scale. And uh, uh, I would invite you to go check out those books. Uh, Pendulum is one that was not written by How uh, Neil Howen and Strauss. Uh, it was written by actually marketing guys who were studying why why commercials evolve over yeah. time why messaging marketing messaging works one way in the 80s and a completely different way in in you know 2017 and and they came to a, a similar but different theory anyhow um would really love for you guys to chime in and tell us where you think we're we're explaining the mood that we're in correctly where you think we're completely missing the point and you can do that by going to unsilentpodcast.com or uh check out our videos on rumble there's great comments section there 
uh, you can you can uh, put tons of comments in there as well. So until next time, this is Dave and Brian signing off. See you later. Do you want to be on silent? Make your voice heard on our social media channels and share where you think we got it right or wrong. Go to unsilentpodcast.com for social links so you can join the discussion. 